Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good Monday afternoon. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us, as you are each and every day. We sure appreciate you tuning in. Great show today, full lineup. We're going to be talking to a former Southern Miss basketball player, Kyle Lamont, who is now professionally playing in Mexico. Colin Cargill from the uh, Southern Miss Dugout Club talking about the upcoming baseball season. Jack Duggan going to give us a wrap-up of football this year. And, of course, Kelly Sander will be joining me as well. Opening segment sponsored by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. As we tell you every day, it's a great place to enjoy barbecue seven days a week. You can enjoy it in the dining room. You can take it home. You can have it home delivered. And don't forget... Dickery Dickies is doing holiday catering right now, so if uh, you have a get-together, uh, uh, however small or large it may be, uh, Dickies can cater it for you. Opening segment of today, uh, we've got a great guest. Uh, enjoying, uh, looking forward to talking to Kyle Lamont. He was a basketball player for the Golden Eagles during the 2005-2006 season, originally from Davenport, uh, Iowa, and now playing professional basketball in Mexico. Uh First of all, Kyle, thanks for coming on the show. Are you, are you in Iowa today? Yes, I am. Uh, I, bought, I bought a home in uh, Davenport about uh, ten years ago now, so this is this is my home base. Well, I got you. All right. So you normally, I don't know if it would be this time of year, but normally uh, you would be in Mexico playing professional basketball. It's an interesting day to have you on the show, Kyle. It's the day where. Uh, it, it does appear hope is on the horizon now as vaccinations have begun uh, for COVID-19 among medical workers in our country. It's played havoc on everything. It's played havoc on your professional basketball career. Tell us how uh, COVID has affected the league that uh, you now play in. Okay, well, um, my job is large crowds and like the opposite of what you want right now for COVID. So, um they like to limit the crowds and like um, the, the the NBA guys were able to play um, with the, the empty gyms and also they have uh, money coming from different places. But uh, again, the overseas thing is the large crowds, the advertising dollars, the, the dollars from the door. Um, without it, then, you know, it works differently. But uh, again, like you say, things are on the rise in cases cases are going up and down and people are trying a bunch of different things did you lose your entire season this year Kyle yeah so I was actually I was actually in Mexico uh when this started some nine or ten months ago whenever it was Mm -hmm. and uh we actually played two games without fans and we left what for what we thought was going to be a postponed season and we would pick up in a month or so but here we are nine months later and it didn't happen right so you never played past that second game no no i haven't played i haven't played there have been some 
uh, some leagues around the world that started. They try to duplicate the NBA with the bubble, uh, but I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play on any of those teams. Like I said, I'm still on the contract here in the other league, right. the Pacific League in Mexico. Well, we we we've learned through in recent years how popular professional football is when the NFL takes games uh, into our neighbor neighboring country of Mexico. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the popularity of professional basketball, what the world of, of basketball is like in that nation. Well, basketball is uh, growing rapidly. Um, obviously, um, soccer is the number one sport in the world, but I think basketball gives you just a little bit more excitement, a little bit more, uh, you, you know, you're a little closer. So basketball is picking up like crazy. Um, I've been playing, I've been playing professionally since 2009, 2008, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I can just see the growth in basketball from then until now, just in, in the fans and also the players abroad. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to guess a lot of the guys you're competing against in, in that particular league or, 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 or former collegiate players from America. Am I correct there? Right. So a lot of guys, you know, share my my story of uh, four year four year college guys, maybe right on the cusp of maybe being good enough to get into the NBA, maybe not. And uh, we, you know, we bounce around from country to country, uh, depending on if you're fortunate enough to get an agent that that's able to keep you in the loop. But yeah, a lot of a lot of guys are for your college guys. We've talked to quite a number of former Golden Eagles that play in different international leagues and I gotta tell you, man, I've always thought that's a pretty cool gig. I I would think that getting to travel to other parts of the world, play a sport that you uh, enjoy, but experiencing the culture of other countries is really a is a pretty cool thing, Kyle. Yeah, so the the experiences that I got, man, like you said, just from you know, experience other cultures and meeting a bunch of cool people along my way have been like, like I, it's priceless. You know, you can't put a price on things like that. Um, but like every job, it's got its pros and its cons. But I like to, I like to believe the pros outweigh the cons. Well, there you go, and that's the right attitude to have. And let's talk. Uh, in the time we have left, I want to talk to you about uh, your time here in Hattiesburg. How did you end up in Hattiesburg? Uh, you're originally a young man out of Iowa. Uh, I was playing junior college basketball, and at the time, uh, I played for Coach Larry Stacy, who was a former Iowa State coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just came back to the junior college conference, and he was a recruiting player. And I loved what he had to offer. Uh, I felt like it was a perfect fit for what I wanted to do going forward. So that's how I ended up in Hattiesburg. You, Stacy was is was an outstanding basketball coach. Uh, I, I'm going to guess you agree. What did you learn? What was the experience like playing for him? Um, the experience for playing for you, Stacy, was uh, a bit different. You, um, Stacy, taught us uh, well. What did I got the most from you, Stacy? Was just the self accountability because he was huge on accountability. Uh, Doing things the right way, so to speak, and that's what I got from him. But he was, you know, a great mind, and we probably our our, our paths probably crossed at the wrong times in both of our lives. Right, right. Now, did I understand too that you spent a little time at William Carey with their program? Right. Uh, so I ended up playing my my last year at William Carey uh, because I was I was there with uh, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. 
Well, that worked um, out good, right? Her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she actually came down with me. We were, we were high school sweethearts, and um, my sophomore year in college when I was being recruited, she, uh, she was going to go wherever I was going. Uh, she, was, she did a year at Iowa State, and then she finished her undergrad there at Southern Miss and got a master's there at William Carey. So it ended up working out perfectly that I was able to stay right there in Hattiesburg with my family. Well, that's that's that really is a fantastic story. So, what's next? Uh, what's next for your league? What what is the latest uh, with international basketball and how you think you're going to work your way back out of this situation with the with the COVID virus? Well, so right now we're in talks that I may end up back in Argentina. I may end up in Uruguay. Um, maybe my the, the team that I'm signed to in Mexico. Maybe that league will start in uh, in the spring sometime. But all, again, all of this is maybe because this is all dependent on the cases and the case numbers and what uh, you know these countries governments will allow uh, the meeting of people and all of that. So. On my end, I'm just staying ready, controlling what I can control, and being ready for when my agent sends me a plane ticket. Right. Uh, how how is the virus situation in Iowa where you're at, uh, Kyle? Um. So I'm told the numbers are spiking. Um, my children uh, have a, a freshman in high school. I have an eighth grader, and they were recently just. Um, uh, sent home, sent home. We weren't doing school anymore. Uh, in the schools, everything was online. And today, they actually opened that back up. So I guess the cases are down, and they're having uh, youth basketball tournaments here in Iowa. That Good. was we just had our first one this weekend. So I'm guessing the cases are down or under control. Well, we, we all hope. And as I say, you know, the vaccines uh, came out today. So. Uh, I think brighter days are ahead for us. Hey, man, great conversation. Our, our listeners love hearing where our former athletes are. It sounds like you've had a happy and productive, a good life, man. And uh, we hope that continues. And I want to thank you for coming on the Eagle Hour. Thanks for having me. Kyle Lamont, everybody, played basketball for the Golden Eagles in 2005 through 2006. Went on to play at William Carey University. And has enjoyed a good international basketball career ever since. But... As you heard him say, he, like all of us, we're just sitting here and hoping day by day things improve with COVID-19 and we can all get back to a normal life sooner than later. One thing we're sure hoping is normal is baseball season again. Colin Cargill's next. He can tell us all about Southern Miss baseball. Bob Getty with you today from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke continues a few days off. He'll be back with us uh, later in the week. Kelly joining us later in the show along with Jack Duggan. 
And, of course, want to thank uh, Kyle Lamont, former basketball player here for the Golden Eagles, uh, now playing in the Pacific League of Mexico, uh, for joining us in the first segment. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. We all know it's Christmas season. We all know people are buying gifts. We all know if you have an eagle on your Christmas list, you've got to make a stop at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss Campus, or you can shop online at CampusBookmart.net. Everybody that uh, that we see uh, when we start talking about this show as of late, it's it's amazing how many times you hear, my God, I hope there's a vaccine and I hope COVID-19 is over by the time baseball season gets here. Well, I, I join in that sentiment. Uh, we make no uh, bones about our love for the baseball program on this show, and that's what we're about to talk about. Colin Cargill is the Director of Baseball Operations for the Golden Eagle Baseball Program, and of course, one of the great all-time closers uh, that ever wore the black and gold. And Colin, good to have you on the Eagle Hour. Uh, glad to be on there. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me on. All right, I want to talk to you before we get started on on the baseball season and all of our hopes for that about the Dugout Club. And uh, for for listeners that may not know, fill them in on what the Dugout Club does, how that may be different, say from the Eagle Club or other organizations associated with Southern Miss and how the money raised for the dugout club is used, Colin? Yes. The, uh, well, the dugout club is, is, is its own separate entity. I mean, it all, all the money that goes into the dugout club goes directly to the baseball team. Um, you know, we use it to, for team travel. We use it for food for the, for the guys. Um, but we also use it for maybe some projects we want to do around the field or uh, graphics we want to put inside the locker room, new things that we want to do in there, maybe some you know little renovations we can do here and there. But um, all that money that goes into the dugout club, that's what we use it for. Um, I mean, it it all goes back into the program. Um, every year we 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 try to accumulate as much money as we can, and then we try to figure out okay, what can we do with it? And um, you know, right now as we speak, our uh, our batting cages are getting renovated at the baseball field. And a lot of that money comes out of the dugout club, so that's what that's the kind of things that it goes to, and it, it, you know, it just boosts our program and helps our program when it comes to recruiting. Um, and we we couldn't do a lot of the things that we do when it comes to travel and food and like the batting cages. We we couldn't do those things if it wasn't for the dugout club. And you know, we've it's it's been successful and it, it over the past couple of years and it has grown so much over the last couple of years because of our recent success and um you know it's just a testament on how far our baseball co- baseball team has come right and i would think that it's always important i would think more important than ever right now when you look back at all the revenue that was lost uh, in the past season because of the virus yes uh, i mean it's just you know this year has been so crazy when it comes to that um and I know that you know maybe money's tight with you know a lot of people around the around the country around you know around the city of Hattiesburg and but you know every every little bit counts and you know Coach Barry has a motto everything matters and you know every every bit does matter um, especially to us uh, because we can get things done with just a little bit of help um, and uh, you know it's 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 been a great program for. Or a, a great club for our program, and uh, hopefully it, it continues to grow. Right, and and we should point out, you know, you don't have to donate five hundred, a thousand dollars to be a member of the dugout club, right? All, no, all no, donations are welcome. No, all donations, all donations are, are welcome. There are membership levels that we have. There's five different ones. Um, you know, we've named them a single, 
double, triple, home run, and then a grand slam level. Um, singles, 100, 100, 124. Doubles, 125 to 249. Triple is 250 to 499. Home run is 500 to 999. And grand slams, 1,000 or above. And on each one of those levels, you get a certain you know, gift that we, we give back to the, the person that donated. So, um, But, yeah, those are the different kinds of levels. But all, all donations are welcome. Well, you know, last year was off such a great start and a really young, talented team, and then it all got stopped after that game, I believe, at Troy, if I remember correctly, uh, where the baseball team came from way behind uh, to win that game. Little could anyone have imagined that that would be the last game of the year. Uh, So I know there's an awful lot of anticipation about the upcoming season, uh, Colin, and there's a huge, huge amount of optimism about just how good this upcoming baseball team can be. Uh, your thoughts about what you saw in, in fall baseball and your expectations? Yeah, um, you know, after after last year, when we were coming back on that bus in Troy. We we never we never anticipated what could what, what was going to happen um, throughout these last couple of months, and I think we were just excited to get back on the field this fall. Um, all the guys that returned and. Uh, you know, we had a lot of returners that, you know, we didn't expect back after that year, but um, they all wanted to come back. And um, I think everybody was just excited to get back on the field, just to practice, just to get out there with each other. Um, and I think that has kind of made us closer together um, as a team. And uh, the camaraderie is great between all everybody. You know, there's there's not any clicks or – you know, there's not any certain groups that hang out with each other. I think they all hang out with each other. And I think that's what has made them a better team. But they also understand that there's a lot of competition because a lot of people did come back that wasn't, what is they weren't expected to come back. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition. But I think that they're okay with that. I think that, that it makes them better and they know that. And I think that that's what we learned from this fall, that – there's a lot of competition, but it has elevated all their level of play and I think it's made us a better baseball team. What kind of potential does this team have, Colin? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, we're going to go to Omaha, but, you know, I or we're going to win 50 games again or anything like that because baseball's, you know, it's it can anything can happen in baseball. Right. But the potential is high for this team. Uh just um depth and talent alone i think that we can go far um you know we we always set goals at the beginning of the year we you know we want to win the conference outright we want to win the conference tournament we want to um host a regional go to a regional super regional in omaha that's those are always the goals but every day you know we want to we want to get better at what we're trying to do um individually which will make us better as a team and i I think that's i think that's something that we as a, or this team has done a good job this fall staying together with all the COVID protocols that we've had to go through and trying to stay safe. Um, I think they have done a really good job of balancing that out. And along with school, you know, a lot of people have online school. They don't go to school anymore mm-hmm. um, in class. Some people, some guys do, but some guys are it's all online. It's, you know, trying to juggle a new life basically when it comes to college. Uh, I think they've done a great job. Uh, there's been no complaints out of the guys from all the protocols that we've had to do, and I think they, you know, they've done a good job coming out there every day and working hard. Well, let me tell you, we had Russ Anderson on the show a couple months ago. We were the associate commissioner for baseball of Conference USA, and we told him they can forget about that 
conference championship already. That belongs down here. And that's that's just a matter of time before we can play enough games to put that away. Uh, and you know what? He didn't argue, Colin. He didn't. I, I don't think he. I don't think he had any reason to think that our boastfulness was not uh, was not with some validity. Uh, but with yeah. all seriousness, has uh, and I may be behind the eight ball a little bit on this. Is the schedule out yet? If not, when will it be? No, uh, the schedule's not out yet. Uh, I know you know some people around the country are putting their schedules out, but there's. I think there's still a lot of things that have to be kind of ironed out when it comes to all this COVID protocol and, you know, where it's going to go in the next couple of months, how, how things are going to be. Um, I think we're just kind of maybe playing the waiting game a little bit. So, right. um, and with, you know, all the different conferences that we, you know, play at the beginning right. of the year, right. we don't know what those conferences are going to do. So we're kind of, kind of playing the waiting game and, you know, being very, very hopeful that we can play this schedule because, not gonna lie, this is a really, really good schedule. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, give anything away. But it's a really, really good schedule. I think the fans are gonna be really pleased. Um, so I'm just. I'm hoping that we can play the whole schedule. Right. Uh, I know Southern Miss baseball has been a big part of your life. Uh, <clears throat> you were a great, great player here. It must be real satisfying uh, to continue with the program as the director of uh, baseball operations. Yeah, um, you know, it's been, this is my, I think my fifth year, fourth year. I think, you know, COVID's kind of gotten me thrown off on that one. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always great to be here. I mean, this is, this is my hometown. I grew up in Hattiesburg. So um, it was a blessing to come down the street. And I went to Hattiesburg High. So it was a blessing to come down the street and play uh, my college ball at Southern Miss. And, you know, I, I, I love being back here. Uh, you know, one of my goal was to be a, a coach one day. So, this is, you know, getting me uh, prepared for that. So, um, you know, I, I couldn't enjoy more where I'm at right now. Well, Colin, I can remember you shutting down those ball games for us like it was yesterday. And uh, <laughs> it we, doesn't seem like yesterday. That was, I mean, it's been <laughs> what ten years now. So that's that's uh, it's incredible to think that that's been ten years since I've been on that on that mound at Pete Taylor Park pitching. So right, no, uh, yeah, yeah, you're but, right. Well, we're glad you're still part of the program. And I want to encourage people to uh, go to the uh, Southern Miss website and uh, check out the Dugout Club. Support our beloved baseball program, Colin. We can't wait to see you guys on the field, man. Thanks for your time. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Uh, all right. Colin Cargill, everybody. One of the great closers in Southern Miss baseball history and now the director of baseball operations. Jack Duggan's next. Going to wrap up football on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Looking for a great place to have lunch one day this week. $8.95 gets you the best plate lunch in town. That's at 4th Street Bar and Grill where there's always a good game on the TV. The food is delicious and it uh, really is delicious. And you'll find the greatest collection of Southern Miss uh, you know, the Southern Miss memorabilia that you'll find anywhere on the planet, I think, might be at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Right in the shadow of the rock, 4th Street Bar and Grill. I want to thank Colin Cargill for uh, coming on the show. Uh, my buddy Jack Duggan is with me now, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss. Fair to say, Jack, uh, Colin Cargill, really one of the great, most exciting closers in baseball history at Southern Miss. 
Yeah, I would, I would, yes, I would say that. Um, uh, also, one of the best uh, baseball operations guys in the history of Southern Miss as well. So, uh, yeah, C- Colin was fun to watch. I got to see him uh, most of his career, and um, you know, you, you knew when he was going out on the bump that uh, Southern Miss probably had that one locked up. So, um, thirty career saves, if I if I remember off the top of my head, and uh, he was he was something. He was a competitor and. You know, he's the, he's the kind of kid that we love having uh, in the Southern Miss program. He's gone on to do bigger and better things. No question. I picked that him one time on the show about uh, what I always found most entertaining is more times than not, he would come hit the first batter, walk the second batter, and then strike three in a row out. But but you never worried too much about him coming back to win the game, did you? No, I mean, it, you know, when you think Colin Cargill, you think that, that double play ball that he threw in game two, uh, down in Florida in the Super Regional, and you know, you know that's just phenomenal. Uh, just uh, to to be able to have that command of your pitches, to be able to get that kind of ground ball in that type of situation, that kind of summed up who Colin Cargill was then and, and is still today. No question. Well, speaking of great things, Jack, I, I just don't know how we can say enough good things about Coach Billings and his staff and the kids on this football team after everything they went through and i dare say no football team in the country went through what this golden eagle team did to play as well as they did against one of the best teams in the league to finish the year how to put a big smile on your face oh it did it was it was a lot of fun uh i i I ended up statting the ball game and and uh just just seeing us just just come back i mean even you know the the couple of times that the florida atlantic rallied and came back and got tight you know, we we would always answer, and uh, you know, you you look at the last the last touchdown of the game, Bob. We go ninety yards, nine plays, five minutes and twenty three seconds to yep. basically put the game out of t- out of reach. And you know, that's that's a credit to, to that coaching staff that was here, and and uh, really a, really a great group of, of men uh, that I got to know, and uh, uh, you know. It, it was it was great to see those guys go out with a win. I I, I sort of characterized it uh, similar to uh, years back when uh, when the football team won the last game of the year over in uh, Alabama against UAB, right? Uh, to break that long losing streak, and and, and you, you may say, well, it was only one game. No, I think it's more than that. I think that uh, I think like that game, this game fills everyone with spirit and optimism about next year. No, I, I think there's no doubt, and, and you know, we, you know, that UAB game, we scored 49 second half points. Right. That that school record, 49 and a half, 49 points in the second half to win, I think, 63-27, and that set the tone for the whole the ne- the whole next year, and uh, you know, it, it 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 definitely was it got us out of those doldrums, and and um, and I think you know another thing, I think. You know, with that win over Florida Atlantic, you see, hey, you know what? This program's got some players, right? And and uh, and, and and we're gonna. I think we're gonna surprise some people next year. I really do. I think, I think, uh, I think this 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 team is going to be poised to do some good things next year. Am I right, Jack? That every senior on the team will have the option of of coming back for another year of eligibility? Uh, that 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 is correct. I mean. Uh, Kind of like what they did with the spring sports uh, 
you know, last spring, this year, because they, they weren't sure, you know, if if schools were going to be able to get their seasons in. So they said so they did the same thing for the fall sports as well. So now would that be a redshirt senior as well? Would still have another year? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Well, I, think it's, I think it's everybody, yeah. Let me tell you what, Jack. You bring back a couple of these senior wideouts and oh, yeah. uh, that the red shirt senior running back, uh, uh, and and you you're really looking at a, at a I think a real base of talent to come back for this new coaching staff. I I, I would agree 100. Uh, percent I mean, it, w- w- there's some talent on our roster, and, and I, I think we showed that uh, as we as we went down the stretch. I mean, you know, we got through the shock of of of. You know, losing losing Coach Hobson and then and then and then losing Coach Wald and then and then when Coach Billings took over, he sort of stabilized things. If you look at our last four games, you know we, we went two and two over the last four. Okay, we only gave up more than twenty twenty three points in one of those games, and that was against Florida Atlantic, which we won by fourteen. So you know you lose at Western Kentucky ten seven. You know a break here or there. You can win that ball game on the road, you know. UTSA, we were in that game till the end. We lose twenty three twenty. You know that's, mm-hmm. you know, we had three games this year where we lost by three or fewer points. So, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, I know three three and seven is quite, is disappointing for all of us. But uh, I think if you you know you look a little deeper, you see there's definitely some good things going on here. I think another thing that I saw, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people saw, was the uttermost professionalism of of our coaching staff realizing that a new head coach was coming in likely bringing his own staff but coach those kids up as hard as they did uh through the remainder of the year and put on the performance that they put on to end the year i, I don't know how you i don't know how you say enough good things about the coaching staff jack you could go on and on all day about them and 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 they did they did a wonderful job i mean just look at what matt kubik did i mean he 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 had a couple extra weeks to prepare for florida atlantic and he put together i think a fantastic game plan i mean i wish i understood football a little bit more <laughs> that 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 i saw things that that off of one play that we did about three or four different things on it, and I think we fooled them every time that we that we did it. You know, they they put they put Trey Lowe in a position to succeed, and 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 that's what he did. I mean, he had seventy yards rushing, which was a season high for him. He threw for two hundred nine yards, which was a season high for him. He threw his first two touchdown passes of the season. He rushed his first first touchdown of the season. It, you know. That you know, putting your kids in a position to win, and is 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 all you can do as a coach, I think, and 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 that's what that's what we did last week. I think it's a great point, and especially about Trey Lowe. Uh, I think back to the first time that kid had to come in the game, and then compare that to the last uh, last performance. Uh, a lot of that obviously is his skill, but that's coaching, Jack. That that's yeah. coaching a kid up and, and getting a kid comfortable and ready to play. That's true. Well, you know, you look at you look at Trey's last performance at Western Kentucky, and and it, it you know it wasn't fantastic, but you know he didn't know he was going he he didn't know he was going to start till that Thursday afternoon, mm-hmm. so he didn't get a lot of the reps during the week, so he had to kind of learn on the fly and and for that week, and you know, I mean, 
he 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 did as 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 well as he could have under really tough circumstances. And you know, you got to be proud of him. I mean, I mean, you know, he let us down the stretch. You know, when 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 you know Abraham got hurt and decided to opt out, and then and then we lose Tate to injury, and uh, you know that. You know the the one thing you always hear of football is the next man up mentality, and and Trey was that guy, and Trey stepped up, and he 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 played really well um, for us down the stretch. Two really good quarterbacks coming back. Uh, big news this weekend about a big quarterback commitment. So things in that uh, area certainly look good. Before I let you go, I got a minute left. I want to talk just a minute about Frank Gore Jr. How, what did he end up with statistically for the year? Because he appears to be a real special talent, Jack. Well, I think so. You know, he, he had just over 700 yards rushing. He was at 708 um, on 121 carries. Uh, he averaged almost six yards a rush, had a couple of touchdown rushes. You know, that 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 73-yarder against Florida Atlantic, which was our first score of the ball game. Beautiful. Uh, which, was, which was his season high. And, uh, you know, he ended up, Averaging seventy point eight yards per game, rushing. So, you know he's 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 definitely got a bright future ahead of him here. Um, you know it's kind of it's it's nice seeing him and and then you got you got Kevin Perkins, right. you know that big back, and then also you know Darius Mayberry. He he when he got a chance he 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 played pretty well as well. So so you know we're we're not bare there. I mean if you look at it, Eagles. Uh, last Thursday with, um, I think, 300 and, what was it, 305 yards rushing. You know, that's the first time we went over 300 yards rushing since 2016. So, so you know, credit credit to those guys. And, um, you know, it's just fun. It's fun to, it's fun to see uh, – fun to see your Golden Eagles win and you know so that we got we got a chance to do that and you know hopefully we just you know continue that when we get back to next fall all right my man we appreciate uh, your input all football season and uh, look forward to having you on the show again real soon Merry Christmas to you and your family Jack you too Bob take care all right all right buddy Jack Duggan everybody sports information director University of Southern Mississippi Kelly Sanders next Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Glad you're with us. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Hattiesburg Toyota. Great place to buy a new car, truck, or SUV. Pre-owned car, truck, or SUV. They got some bargains going on right now. You know, the end of the year is a great time to buy a car. Uh, dealerships want to sell as many cars as they can before the new year rolls in. So if uh, you're in the market, even been thinking about it, I would suggest to stop at Hattiesburg Toyota. Kelly Sander joins us right now on the uh, Eagle Hour Hotline, and Kelly, I'm sure you're full of news today. But let's start with the basketball game. What a what a heartbreaker this weekend. Well, everybody had talked about how the Eagles had struggled, you know, shooting the basketball this year, Bob, and, and it's just a matter of time before that's going to get turned around. But it was the second game in the week, and as you talked about last week, one of the best things that the Eagles that could happen to the Eagles right now is just getting some playing time, you know, consistency. And like I said, with two games on the schedule this past week, shot much better against South Al, had a, had a lead at half, and um, got to credit the Jaguars for coming back. It, it literally came down to the last shot, a three-pointer at the buzzer, hit the rim, 
jumped up probably about three, three and a half feet and came straight down through the net <laughs> uh, to allow the Jags to escape with a uh. one-point win. But certainly a lot more uh, to build on. Uh, Eagles, you know, shot much better, uh, which, again, that is just a matter of time. I, I wasn't too freaked out with the way they shot the first two games. Athletes like this, it's, you know, the coaches couldn't be that far off on these guys, right? And so they're just now starting to, to heat up a little bit. And, again, with the COVID year, it's just so weird as to what to expect. But, um, but a loss to, um, to South Alabama, but certainly – a lot of improvement. Other things going on, let's see, in Conference USA football, Bob, a lot is working today. A lot of the Conference USA teams have now committed to bowl appearances. The Frisco Bowl in, uh, in Frisco, Texas on December 19th. UTSA has accepted an invitation there. They will play SMU. So you'll have an all-Texas bowl, San Antonio versus um, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. It's SMU and Dallas-Fort Worth. Texas-San Antonio, obviously, at San Antonio. That's the first bowl game, and that's coming up this Saturday, uh, December 19th, UTSA against SMU. Meanwhile, the Myrtle Beach Bowl in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, that is scheduled for next Monday night. That's a week from tonight. And two teams have agreed to play, include Appalachian State and North Texas. As badly as North Texas played at the beginning of the season. Yes, North Texas Mean Green has accepted an invitation to play uh, in Myrtle Beach. Elsewhere, consider, uh, looking at Conference USA teams, these two teams now solidified the Montgomery Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, scheduled for December 23rd. Memphis, the Tigers, will be the host team, and they will host the Owls of Florida Atlantic, hmm. team that the uh, Eagles beat the last game of the regular season. So there's three Conference USA teams booked. The New Orleans Bowl has made an announcement that they've got their two teams It'll be Louisiana Tech out of Ruston from Conference USA playing Georgia Southern from Statesboro, Georgia. So you've got Conference USA versus the Sun Belt there. That is a 3.30 start in New Orleans on December 23rd. And then uh, it's, expected, it's expected that Marshall is going to get an invitation to play in Orlando at the Cure Bowl against Coastal Carolina. So you'll have a West Virginia team mm. against the Carolina team there. Good matchup, and the too. I'm sorry? Good matchup there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, that would be in Orlando the 26th. And then the uh, final Conference USA bid, it looks like at this point, will go to Western Kentucky. The um, Hilltoppers have accepted an invitation to play Georgia State. What? So, again, you've got Conference USA versus the Sun Belt there. Western Kentucky versus Georgia State in the Lending Tree Bowl. That's in Mobile on December 26th at 3.30. That looks like those are going to be the only invitations for Conference USA, except one, you add one more, UAB, which they project is, you know, could very well be the Conference USA champion. If UAB uh, wins the conference championship, they, they could play Tennessee in the Birmingham Bowl. That would be on New Year's Day. If it's not UAB, then it would probably be Marshall. Well, so, UAB is bound to get in a bowl game somewhere, am I correct? Yes, yes, you're right. And so, the conference so, championship game will be who? UAB and Marshall? It is UAB at Marshall this coming Saturday in Huntington, West Virginia. So it looks like the, the winner of that game would go to the Birmingham Bowl, and the loser of that game would go to the Cure Bowl in Orlando. But still two pretty good destinations for And really, considering as weak a year as Conference USA had, because they played so many games, six teams, looks like, are going to get, uh, get bowl bids, <laughs> unbelievably. A couple of other notes, too, uh, that are worthy, Bob. Uh-huh. Art Bryles, the... 
the embroiled controversial coach that uh, came up in a lot of the, the discussions at Southern Miss a couple years ago has resigned after two years of coaching Mount Vernon High School football in Texas. Many believe that he will enter back into the college game somewhere. And Kane Womack, the Southern Miss graduate who is the uh, stalwart defensive coordinator at the University of Indiana and has Indiana ranked as one of the top teams in the country, Kane Womack will be introduced soon as the, head, the new head football coach at South Alabama. Wow. Remember, he was, he was interviewed at Southern Miss. Again, a Southern Miss graduate, graduated from Oak Grove High School. His wife is an Oak Grove High School grad, but um, did some graduate coaching at, um, at USA. So Kane Womack headed to South Alabama, and incidentally, the Eagles play South Alabama next year. So they're going to have Will Hall against Kane Womack as one of the regular season game next year for Southern Miss. Lots more to talk about, but we're out of time. We'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Brother, you can fill up a five-minute segment with your eyes closed, Kelly Sanders. Well, we're trying to get everybody up to date, and thanks for the kind words. Everybody says that's what they like. They like hearing about other teams from the conference and just bits and pieces of news and how it ties in with Southern Miss. All right, Kelly, it's been a lot more time with us tomorrow on the Eagle Hour Promise. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.